A recent report is blasting the Liberal government for not having any realistic plans to reduce the debt ratio in the next few decades. Residents in Edmonton are being warned about a convicted child sex offender who was recently released from prison. Conservative nomination candidate Sabrina Maddow tells True North what drew her to conservatism and why she should be the party's candidate for Aurora Oak Hills Richmond Hill. Hello Canada, it's Monday, February 5th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. new report from the Fraser Institute examined whether the federal government's current fiscal policies adhere to the target to reduce the debt ratio over the next 25 years. According to the study, the current federal fiscal policy is at odds with the Bank of Canada's monetary policy. The Trudeau government postponed reducing its deficit following the pandemic and has since increased spending dramatically. Our simulations indicate that there is a high probability of an increasing debt ratio in the future because of the impact of recessions on federal finances. It is therefore worthwhile examining in more detail the impact of recessions on the federal debt ratio, reads the study. The research group used a Monte Carlo simulation model, which is a computer algorithm that relies on repeated random sampling to obtain numerical results. They added random shocks to the economy's growth rate, which were similar to what Canada's economy has experienced over the past 40 years. The results were an increased likelihood of higher debt ratios in the future, including higher interest rates. You know, Lindsay, it seems like with this government, even after the lessons of the pandemic, they have refused to cut back spending. More spending does not necessarily mean better outcomes, but this government continues to pile up the debt and the bills, which will ultimately be hoisted upon the Canadian taxpayer. And I question their motivation. It almost seems like they don't care. Are they just racking up this spending because they know that they might be on their way out and they expect the Conservatives or whoever replaces them, to clean up this mess in the form of cuts to public spending. Right. It's a continuous creep because once someone is offered something in the form of an entitlement or a benefit or some sort of payout, you can't really take it away. And you're right. If the conservatives, um, you know, if the polling is accurate, it looks like they are well positioned right now to be elected and Uh, the next federal election, yeah, they will be blamed for any kind of cuts to spending. And, you know, if they make cuts to the arts, they'll be called, you know, people with no culture, that kind of thing. But um, something that the Fraser Institute study touched on was an observation by Donald Savoy, the Dean of Canadian Public Administration Studies. And he said that the size of the federal public service has grown by 24% over the last eight years. And spending on outside consultants has increased by a third over the past five years. But this growth in 
federal government and the scale of government spending has not improved access to government programs and services. Um, nearly 50% of Canadians report that they are very unsatisfied or unsatisfied with the services that the federal government is providing. The Edmonton Police Service issued a warning to the public last week after a convicted child sex offender who goes by the name Laverne Waskahat was released from custody. Police say Waskahat is believed to be of significant harm to the community and a risk to children under the age of 16. The 47-year-old was taken into custody on December 13, 2023, after failing to report to her parole officer. Waskahat was released on January 22, 2024, and is a biological male pretending to be a woman. The offender had a history of possessing, making, and publishing child pornography involving male and female infants under the age of three. Waskahat has been known to abuse children while babysitting and take voyeuristic photos in public of infants. Police warn that Waskahat may try to associate with someone who has young kids with the intent to groom and abuse them. Waskahat is known to frequent public washrooms, such as in shopping malls, to carry out voyeuristic offending behavior. Edmonton Police Service would not comment on whether Waskahat uses the female or male washroom. This isn't the first time Waskahat has been released with a likelihood to reoffend. Police issued similar warnings in 2019 and 2020. Cosman, I'll just reiterate here that this person, Laverne Waskahat, is not a woman in the sense that I'm a woman. When the police service issued their press release, they didn't mention anything about Laverne Waskahat being a, some sort of transgender person. You have to be kind of on Twitter to be seeing the pictures going around because once you see the picture, it's clear this person is not a woman, even though the police are using the, the she, her pronouns. And then, yeah, I've seen people on social media, such as Tristan Hopper from the National Post, point out that in press releases from previous years, um, it was, Waskahat was identified as a male to female presenting person. But now, this year, 2024, that very important detail was left out. Look, I think if the intention of the police is to inform the public, they should give the most amount of information possible. And it's unfortunate that things like, you know, the fear of offending predators gets in the way of that. And it seems like the police here have been tiptoeing, walking on eggshells around this issue of this individual's gender identity. I mean, they don't even say what washrooms this person potentially visits and carries out his voyeuristic behavior or much worse. So it's quite concerning because that leaves the public in the dark. They don't know which washrooms to avoid. They don't know where this individual might be at any given time. Well, Cosman, it's not just that the police are afraid of offending predators. It's that there is actually legislation in place in this country where the predator can sue the police or go to a human rights tribunal and be victorious in that sense. And something I really take issue with is just the idea of presenting it as if women were the ones committing these sex crimes against children and 
you know, making and publishing child pornography because if you look up the stats of which gender is responsible for doing that, let me tell you, it's not women who are doing that. And so, you know, I've seen people joke online like, oh, what's with all these women who are now responsible for so many sex crimes? And of course, it's just men pretending to be women, identifying as women. There are other reasons for that as well, such as they they might want to go to a women's prison once they're convicted because they want access to vulnerable female victims. They think it'll be they'll have an easier time in prison, but mostly it's probably the access to vulnerable females. If you follow the discourse on housing affordability in Canada, chances are you've come across the writing of Sabrina Maddow who describes herself as a millennial renter locked out of home ownership. It shouldn't be a luxury to raise your family in the community you grew up in, Maddow said in a video announcing her run for the conservative nomination in the Ontario riding of Aurora Oak Hills, Richmond Hill. Maddow didn't grow up in a traditional conservative household, and she spent much of her career as a Toronto fashion and design writer. In her past life, 2012 that is, she was named in a local magazine's Dirty 30 Toronto's Most Notoriously Nocturnal. The 35-year-old Anglican Christian was never a partisan and never held a political party membership before becoming ignited by Pierre Polyev's 2022 leadership race. My parents would not identify as conservative. It's something I found my way to, Matto told True North relaying her long-held belief in protecting individual liberties and freedom of speech, as well as support for free markets, smaller government, and cutting red tape. All of that has always very much spoken to me, and that's what drew me into conservatism. Maddow's accountant mother and auditor father still live in the same Richmond Hill home that they bought six months before she was born in 1988. While Maddow moved to downtown Toronto in her mid-twenties for work, she had always planned on moving back to Richmond Hill area to raise a family there. However, among her friends in the late twenties to late thirties range, she said she is seeing an exodus from the GTA as young parents flee in search of more affordable housing. So Lindsay, this was a interesting article in the sense that it was a deep dive into a conservative nomination candidate that has made quite the splash online. I remember seeing her announcement video and it did pick up quite a bit of traction and I think that's because of the representation of being somebody who belongs to this renting class and I think a lot of millennial people a lot of people moving out of their parents house are feeling this but I guess my question would be is this genuine is Sabrina Maddow representative truly of the current class of people who can't afford to buy a home and are forced to rent for the foreseeable future Cosman, what Sabrina talks about is definitely a valid concern for a lot of people. Her quote that it shouldn't be a luxury to raise your family in the community you grew up in, I think that hits home for a lot of people because many are acting like that's too much to ask for. Um, and you have to be willing to drop everything and move away from your family and friends so that you can purchase a home. Because if you don't own a home in Canada, you have failed. 
That's kind of our culture here is if you're not a homeowner, there's basically something wrong with you. Fortunately, more and more people are looking, you know, actually looking up rent prices and saying, okay, yeah, hmm, $3,800 a month for a three-bedroom home. Yeah, that is pretty bad, and that doesn't even include utilities. And then how are you supposed to save up for a down payment? And then even when you do have the down payment, by the time you've saved up for it, well, now the housing prices have gone up again, and there are now like two million more people living in Canada that immigrated here, so... Another thing I hear people bring up is that uh, the millennial generation, which, you know, I'm full disclosure, I'm a part of, is they're just asking too much. They just want too much. Their expectations are too high for what kind of housing they want. And also, we don't want luxury condos. We want what our grandparents had, which was, you know, bungalows, all one level, modest homes with enough bedrooms to start a family in and raise a family in. And is that really asking too much? And that's something Sabrina touched on when I was interviewing her was delayed family formation is people who don't have as many children as they would like to um, or they, you know, start later and then therefore can't have as many as they would have hoped for um, because of the cost of living and finding suitable housing with enough bedrooms for everyone. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, please keep an eye out for The Andrew Lawton Show later today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.